Thank you for listening today. Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Zupreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us. Make sure to follow us on Facebook for more information on upcoming podcasts, education, and Facebook fun. Welcome to the Zoo Nation podcast channel brought to you by Zupreme. Zupreme makes healthy food for pet birds, rabbits, guinea pigs, and ferrets. If you're listening today, your home has probably experienced the love and happiness of owning a non-traditional or exotic pet. We know it's a zoo in your home sometimes. Here's Dr. Lori now to help you learn more about the care of that special pet in your home. Hi, I'm Dr. Lori Hess, Director of Pet Health and Nutrition at Zupreme, and you're listening to podcast number 40. Today, we're going to talk about something just a little different, and that is all things mating. We're going to talk a little bit today about different types of non-traditional pets and how we can prevent them from mating and reproducing when we weren't planning that and we didn't want that. Unfortunately, that's something that happens all too often. People pick up uh, a couple of animals, couple whether it's a couple of birds, a couple of hamsters, um, you know, all kinds of cute and furry and fuzzy and feathered friends, and they end up with a little more than they bargained for. So obviously, preventing pregnancy is best done by preventing males and females from getting together. Obviously, if you don't have a male and female together, you can't be pregnant. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of non-traditional species are very hard to sex, to determine what gender they are when you first get them. For example, baby bunnies. Baby bunnies are very, very difficult sometimes when they're very little, when they're under a month of age or even a month to maybe six weeks of age, um, to tell whether they're males or females. Uh, The males actually are able to pull their testicles inside their body and sometimes they're just the males and females are not fully developed enough to be able to tell from the outside uh, 100% securely what sex we have. So um, you do have to be very, very careful about mixing baby bunnies together, uh, mixing young rodents like guinea pigs um, or hamsters or gerbils. These animals reproduce at a very young age. And interestingly, even after they have a litter, so if they do have a pregnancy and give birth, um, within days, literally within days of giving birth and having that litter, um, they can get pregnant again. So um, I would caution you that if you are absolutely sure you do not want to have multiple pets, um, just get one or be sure and confident that you uh, know what sexes you have. I can tell you personally, growing up, I had two guinea pigs. Um, I thought their names were Heidi and Maxine. They were little Peruvian guinea pigs. They were adorable. Um, they were in the same cage. I was in elementary school and I went to elementary school one day. I left two in the cage and came home to find four in the cage. Uh, Maxine was actually actually a max. So, um, you know, it's very easy to be surprised. Uh, in terms of birds, you know, we know that birds can lay eggs uh, that are infertile, like chicken eggs. You know, chickens lay eggs. We eat them. There's no uh, fertilized egg in there. There's no embryo in that egg. Um, and the same is true of our pet parrots. We know cocktails in, in particular are little egg-laying machines. They can lay an egg and typically will lay an egg every 48 hours um, uncontrollably, endlessly. I've seen cockatiels 
eels, you know, lay 30 eggs at a time in a row. Um, but those are infertile eggs. If you do mix uh, sexes of birds, you do run the risk of having babies. Um, and that is also very, very common with a lot of the little birds, um, budgies, cockatiels, lovebirds, um, if they don't call them lovebirds for no reason. Uh, a lot of the bigger parrots are often a little fussier in terms of picking their partners and mating. Um, but even right now, I, I have a client who has hyacinth macaws, the big, big blue macaws, the very large types of macaws. Um, and he got two. He didn't know what sex they were. And they're very, very hard to breed. Um, but he is having an uncontrolled situation in his home where he now has something like eight uh, hyacinth macaws because they really are very happy in their situation and they're just breeding and breeding and he keeps trying to separate them. But it's very hard when you have that many large birds in your house. So you do need to think twice before you get a pair or more of any kind of pet um, to be sure that you're uh, you know, not going to end up with more than you bargained for. Um, some types of animals that we can purchase or adopt, for example, ferrets, um, they are typically neutered when they're sold, uh, unless they're coming directly from a breeder. If they're commercially sold in a pet store, uh, a lot of the large breeders actually neuter or spay, neutering meaning take the testicles away, spay means typically take the ovaries and the uterus away. Those animals are, are neutered and spayed uh, before they're sold and put into pet stores. So there are some animals that are lower risk like ferrets, um, but most of the other types of animals that we're able to adopt or purchase um, typically are not neutered or spayed. So that is something you need to think about. Um, we've discussed previously that there are actually medical benefits in some species, like in rabbits. Rabbits, female rabbits that are not spayed, those that retain their ovaries and their uterus, are very, very likely to get uterine cancer after age three. It's, it's something like 70 to 80 percent of them. So it is really important not not just to prevent uh, mating in these species by spaying them, but by actually, you know, spaying them, you take away the risk of developing uterine cancer. Um, pregnancy can happen in the blink of an eye. Remember, it only takes one time for two animals to be together, and they can be very prolific breeders. A lot of the small rodents that we see, for example, hamsters, gerbils, um, you know, they'll have multiple babies, and um, they the babies will have babies shortly after the babies are born. So you can end up, you know, mice, uh, for example, are amazing. They have large litters and multiple babies, and you can end up with an entire colony of mice, even though you didn't intend to have that. Um, so you do want to talk to your veterinarian. You want to make sure you know what sex you have. You want to make sure you're separating. If you do have a male and female, you want to separate them at the right age to make sure that uh, there is no risk involved. Um, I do get asked quite a bit about whether I spay birds. And the answer is sort of complicated. Bird spays are not like dog and cat spays. They're not simple procedures. Um, the spaying, meaning taking out the uterus uh, and the ovaries as you would in a cat or a dog. Birds have uh, very small bodies, obviously, many of them, and they are very, very sensitive to losing blood. So a big uh, operation where you actually have to open up the abdomen, go into the belly of a bird to uh, take out those ovaries and uterus would be very, very risky. It would involve the potential for a lot of blood loss. Um, so typically, we don't use spaying as a way to prevent pregnancy in birds. Um, you know, what we do, we will take out the uterus um, 
really it's the uterus and part of the oviduct or fallopian tube um, of birds. Birds only, although they have two ovaries, they only have one uterus and one fallopian tube. Um, and um, it's called the oviduct. Uh, they only have one. They have a left-sided one as opposed to two in, in most other, in mammals, for example, and in people. Um, we have the right and the left, but birds only have one, although they have two ovaries. And we will typically only go in to their abdomen like that and um, take out parts of their reproductive tract. We typically do not ever take out their ovaries unless there's a really big problem with them because the ovaries are very fixed in the belly and taking them out would, would involve a lot of bleeding. But we typically don't do any reproductive surgery like that unless we're really forced to, unless there's some sort of pathology or problem going on. We don't really spay them prophylactically to prevent pregnancy. Um, because of the risk involved in surgery. Um, males also have testicles that are inside their body, and we don't typically remove those testicles either unless there's some pathology going on um, because it is dangerous and there is a risk of, you know, general anesthesia and blood loss are a big deal in birds um, with surgery. So most veterinarians are not comfortable doing that at all. And even those of us who are more comfortable doing the procedure are always worried about blood loss and the risk of dying under anesthesia. So it's not something, again, that we do in birds preventatively or prophylactically. Um, people will ask me, you know, um, when is mating season in birds? Well, you know, in the wild, uh, birds mate in response to changes in temperature, in daylight, in seasons. They obviously want to have babies when it's warmer, when the days are longer, when food is plentiful. Um, so typically they will mate in the springtime. Uh, the funny thing about our pet birds, though, is that they're inside and they're typically exposed to constant cycles of light if they're inside. I mean, certainly there may be light coming through the window, but unless they're going outside, their, their day length and their timing every day um, and their temperature if they're inside and certainly their food source, their food supply is fairly constant. Um, they're getting the same food every day. They're inside. Your, the inside of your house is probably typically close to the same temperature, you know, maybe a variation up and down depending upon if it's cold or, or, or hot out. But in general, uh, you know, the, the temperature inside stays constant, whatever is comfortable for us. Um, so their seasons and their environments don't change that much. So they often don't read the book and they can potentially lay eggs all year long. And if they're males and females together, um, they can mate all year long. So there's not necessarily a breeding season for pet birds uh, like there is in the wild. Um, so what I would tell you is, you know, um, if you don't want any babies of any kind, um, whether you have a ferret uh, who is unneutered, uh, you have a bird or a pair of birds, uh, you have small rodents, guinea pigs, chinchillas, um, you know, hamsters, gerbils, any of those animals, even if you have reptiles, reptiles will actually lay eggs. Re reptiles are, are just like birds in the sense that they don't have to be mated to to lay eggs, those eggs can be infertile. Um, obviously, they have to have males and females together to have fertilized eggs. And reptiles house together. Some species of reptiles are very prolific breeders. Um, we know that turtles, for example, can lay huge, huge clutches of eggs. You know, they'll bury them. They need certain uh, specific circumstances uh, and settings to be able to lay. They need a certain temperature to, to actually lay successfully. They need light, and they need the ability to dig, and they need quiet. And it can be very, very hard. Um, so we often, unfortunately, will see egg binding in some reptiles where they actually have eggs inside that get stuck inside, just the way they can in birds. But it's, it's very common in reptiles.
reptiles because reptiles are quite fussy about where and when to lay their eggs. The environment has to be just right. But if you do want to prevent this, the best way you can prevent pregnancy and um, fertile eggs from being made by, for example, reptiles or birds, is to make sure that you don't have males and females together. And that means having your animals checked when they are adopted or purchased by a trained veterinarian with some experience in sexing these animals to make sure that you don't have a male and female together. And again, don't be fooled that they're very young, so they're going to wait it out and you know not mate with each other even if they're related. Males and females, regardless of whether they're brother and sister, or mother and son or father and daughter, they will mate. Um, so they don't follow those same social graces we do um, in terms of who they choose to mate with. So separating the sexes, um, having them checked, having them spayed or neutered. If you do have to have two animals, a male and a female, live together, um, other than in rabbits where there is a real medical benefit to spaying or taking out the ovaries and the uterus of the female, as I mentioned before, the risk of uterine cancer is very high. It's often easier in many, many different types of animals other than birds where the testicles are inside their body, it's often easier to neuter or castrate, for example, the males because the testicles are outside the body. So if we have, for example, a male and female guinea pig living together, um, spaying a guinea pig can be very difficult. Their ovaries are very deep within their body cavity and their belly, um, while male rodents have very big, obvious testicles that are much easier to access and to remove. So we typically will choose neutering or, or castrating the male, um, the male guinea pig, as opposed to going ahead to spay the female to prevent pregnancy if they have to live together. So the, you know, it's very much variable by species, by the type of animal you have. Obviously, there are certainly some health considerations. Uh, I mentioned the males, uh, I mentioned the females and rabbits that get uterine cancer. Um, a lot of um, male bunnies, for example, will spray with urine um, to mark their territory. And that is something that is in part hormonally driven. So if we neuter the male, if that happens with males, if you neuter the male, it does make it less likely they're going to be spraying and acting very masculine like that behaviorally and marking their territory. It doesn't prevent it, but it may lessen the likelihood that there's going to be a spraying problem. Um, and there are times that the males will also develop testicular cancer. Um, we do see that in rabbits. We see that sometimes in rodents. And certainly if your animal develops um, asymmetrical testicles, one is bigger than the other, um, or one looks painful or swollen, you know, that's a reason to have the male checked out. And sometimes it's a reason to neuter them to take off the potentially diseased testicle um, through a, a neutering or castration surgery. So I hope that I've given you some insight as to how we handle these situations. You don't want to end up with more animals than you bargained for. Um, it's not good for you. It's not good for the animals. Um, so be educated, understand how the type of animal you have, whether it's a bird, a bunny, a rodent, a reptile, um, you know, understand even a sugar glider, for example, that's a, a little... Um, Australian marsupial with a pouch and the males and females will uh, breed quite prolifically too because they are very very social and very bonded but we don't necessarily want to have 10 sugar gliders leaping around our homes so um, do talk to an educated professional about what kind of animal you have and how likely they are to breed and then take the appropriate steps whether it's separating them neutering the male or if there's a certain medical benefit for example in rabbits spaying the female um, there are a lot of resources you can look up the 
for example, the House Rabbit Society online. There are some other resources online. Um, the Association of Avian Veterinarians has information about this too online. So you can use those resources to help guide you. I hope I've given you some insight today. Um, remember that you, when you're listening to Zoo Nation throughout these episodes, episodes, you can follow our Zupreme Facebook page where we will have posts before every show where you can ask me specific questions for me to answer on the show. Um, maybe you have an issue with breeding in your home with your animals. You'll also see some sneak peeks to episodes there you may have missed as, as well. So if you have any specific questions, you can also feel free to contact us at one 800 345 Six, seven, or at customercare at zupreme.com. So uh, stay tuned. Um, in the next podcast, we will be talking about feather picking in birds, a very, very big topic. Feather picking is something we see quite a bit of. If you have that going on, you won't want to miss this next episode. And I just want to thank you so much. This is Dr. Lori Hess, and you've been listening to Zoo Nation. Thank you for listening today. Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Zupreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us.